Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Andy Bates, and we are talking about the Lord's Prayer. The uh, Our theme this week has been the introduction and the first petition, and we're going to talk with our guest in just a little bit, the Reverend Braun Campbell from St. John Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia, in just a few minutes. Uh, we, we'll, we'll get to that conversation. Great topic today, prayer and uh, specifically the Lord's Prayer. I want to say thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting this program. To find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin, just go to our website, kfuo.org, and look for that sponsor section. Click on the CUW logo. That'll take you to their page. You can find out about the programs they have to offer and where they're located. So I hope you can, uh, hope you'll go check it out, kfuo.org. Well, joining us by phone today, our guest is the Reverend Braun Campbell. He's associate pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Good morning, Pastor Campbell. Good morning to you. Thanks so much for being our guest today. Quite welcome. Now, in uh, about a year ago, uh, you you wrote an article for the Lutheran Witness. I'm a little behind the times, I guess, here, getting to it. Uh, but a uh, great article um, focused on prayer. It was entitled Prayer, Contemplation, and Temptation. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it, that, was a, that was a good uh, that was a good issue of the Lutheran Witness. There was another article in that, too, written by somebody. Uh, I had I had an article in that that, that issue as well. Um, so uh, you you wrote an article entitled "Prayer, Contemplation, and Temptation," and we are discussing the Lord's Prayer this week. Uh, specifically, we we've, we've been talking about our Father in heaven and and hallowed be Thy name, the the introduction and the first petition. And uh, you you've written this article that that points us to that that really describes what what prayer and and life is. And you you raise an interesting question or, or, or bring up a good point. This common phrase. That, that many people say, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Certainly. Now, are you spiritual or religious, Pastor? Yes. <laughs> it's that famous Lutheran answer. Yes. <laughs> now, can you, what do you think when people, what do you think people mean by that when they say, I'm spiritual, but not religious? Well, usually when people are, are saying that, it's, um, in, in a short way of saying it, it's kind of dodging a question so that they want to admit to there being some sort of higher power or that there is um, something that they can't see, that, that they understand there's something outside of themselves that they're part of, but um, they don't want to be constrained by uh, one person's saying this is what it is or one church's saying this is what it is or, uh, or what have you. Why are we so afraid of that? Why are we so afraid of being constrained uh, to what a church says or what a, a person says? Well, when you're when you're saying that, you're giving up control. Mm-hmm. You're admitting that you're not the end-all, be-all authority for how the universe works, and as human beings, we're uh, we're loath to do that. See, in my opinion, it, it, it's probably better off if I'm not the end-all, be-all. <laughs> I'm into that for all of us. <laughs> so, we hear this phrase a lot: "I'm spiritual but not religious." Can you be spiritual without being religious? Uh, well, in, in a sense, no, because you're the one that's actually dictating your religion. You know, if you're, you're going to fill in the blanks if you're not um, connecting something else. Um, so anyone, when they're practicing their spirituality, that is, that is their religion. That is what they're believing or whatever code they're living by, that becomes their religion. Exactly. And, and, and we have all kinds of quote unquote religions in this world as as many as as we have people in this world in that sense in in that sense of the term religion sure mm-hmm. can you be religious without being spiritual oh yeah uh, that's uh, a lot of what uh in, in many regards the problem was with the pharisees uh, back in jesus time is that there was a a great focus on following these law codes and and doing this checking this off as kind of the the religious aspect of life without understanding the spiritual behind it or without really connecting with it. And that's just what Jesus continually called them and us to, to understand is that it's not um, checking off these boxes. It's about being in a relationship with God. And that's, that's ultimately what our spirituality is, is meant for. And I would think some might call that hypocrisy in, in a sense, that you're, you're saying these things on the outside, but they really don't mean anything. I, in some level, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, although I don't think we should ever um, dismiss the Pharisees too quickly because I'm sure that they they felt that they were they were being sincere and mm-hmm. kind of thought that was what everything was supposed to be, and you know, we can fall into that trap as well. Certainly, 
Certainly. And and I think if, if some view that as hypocrisy, that might be another reason for why they would say, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Certainly, uh, uh, yeah. Avoiding religion. Uh, and, and I know about a year ago or so, there was a, a, a video that went viral about, uh, you know, it's it's not about religion. It's about a, uh, it's about being spiritual. It's about being oh, yeah. a relationship. I, I can't remember the video, but I remember that there was a, a big conversation on, on the Internet and in the whole Facebook and Twitter sphere and everywhere. Certainly, yeah. About, uh, it, it's not about religion. We just, we have, I don't know, in our culture today, we, we have trouble with that word religion, don't we? Uh, there's a lot of uh, stigma associated with it. And, mm-hmm. um, most of the time, I would say people uh, throw that onto Christianity or what they perceive as the institutional church um, and or have, a, have a rebellion against that. Well, what is real spirituality for the Christian uh, engaging with with God and in, in how He's called us to live, it's uh, it's holistic. It's not just any one particular thing, but it's as we journey through this life with um, connected with God through Christ, we we have that uh, ongoing relationship with Him. So it's uh, engaging in God's Word uh, and is uh, referencing back to that article. It's encountering the struggles of life, but always knowing that we we have God's Word there for us that He's continually um, shaping us, uh, discipling us as God's people. And, and, and so you've mentioned two of the three, the, these three elements that, that we've learned from those who have gone before us. Mm-hmm. Oratio, meditatio, and tentatio, correct? Correct. Uh, so if you're taking a look at that, um, the, the one, uh, oratio, with the prayer, um, God's people pray. That's, uh, that's who we are. That's that dialogue, conversation with God, not just kind of a, a listing off of uh, uh, requests or you, here, here are my demands, God, but being in conversation with Him. And part of that conversation is listening, and we do that by engaging with Him in His Word. As we're um, getting ready to read the Scripture, we can pray and, and kind of be, put, put the outside world off to the side, but be ready for this time with God. And as we're going through the Scriptures, we can be praying and um, you know, giving God's word back to Him. That's what we do in the worship services. That uh, uh, worship services are prayer, and then uh, that struggle, that the temptation uh, that we encounter in the world around us—not just necessarily a sense of temptation to sin, but any t- and the, the struggle, the hardship of life—you know, con- uh, calling us to contend uh, with God's word and uh, how we how we navigate through life is grounded as how we are as God's people in that ongoing relationship with Him. I'm not sure I want to contend with God's Word. <laughs> I think well, I would lose. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's uh, His Word which is contending uh, against us. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, it, it, lest we uh, continue to try to stand up against it, uh, like you said, it's, it's uh, not a good way to go. <laughs> what do the Scriptures teach us about this oratio, about prayer? Well, the prayer is the, the language of God's people throughout the Scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament. Um, the people are uh, calling out to God, listening to God. Um, it even goes back to our first parents, back to Adam and Eve, when they walked with God. And, you know, in a, in a certain sense, that's what prayer is about, is, is walking with God. Um, Jesus, uh, in numerous times in the Gospels, we hear of how Jesus was praying, and uh, he who is God... You know, in that conversation with his father um, throughout his ministry is uh, a great example for us. And you know, as you guys were talking about the Lord's Prayer this week, uh, we're really grounded in that introduction that we, we come to God as a loving father who is both willing and able to hear us out uh, and to answer our prayer. Absolutely. Let's go back and revisit that uh, that introduction. Our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and the, that we are His true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask Him as dear children ask their dear Father. How so? We can we can call upon Him, our Father who art in heaven. How is it that we know that He is our Father and we are His true children? Well, this is where he's given us his word to, to give us that assurance and promise, both uh, the uh, first covenant in the Old Testament, the new covenant in Christ, that um, we have this. And we, we have him 
uh, we have God telling us to call him Father, so through, through Jesus. And, 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 and we even read in other places in Scripture, call no one else Father, because you have one Father who is in heaven. Indeed. Yet we still call other people Father, don't we? Well, we have earthly <laughs> fathers. Uh, in a sense, you know, Jesus had uh, the, the, the earthly father, the guardian of Joseph, mm-hmm. uh, not biologically, but Joseph served in that role for him, and um, not, to, not to neglect um, his role in Jesus' life and upbringing. But you know, we have this heavenly father who is the perfect father, who um, exceeds all other fathers we have known, because some people have had bad experience with, the, with their fathers. And when you come to the introduction to the Lord's Prayer, like, well, I, I don't want to think of God as my father. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's based on our flawed uh, image, and, and even we as fathers, how we live out that, that vocation can be flawed. But God is the perfect father. I know I I recently became a father, and there are times when I think uh, my son, his understanding of who God is in these early years is is somewhat dependent on how I am, how I serve him as a father, and, and I fail. <laughs> certainly. Certainly. I, uh, I, I, too, just recently became a father. So with my daughter, it's it's uh, kind of a, a humbling thing, very humbling, mm-hmm. just thinking of, of you are serving as God's uh, representative to this child. Absolutely. And, and so all the more, uh, I guess, important to, uh, to be faithful in that vocation. Amen. Hallowed be thy name. What does this mean? God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us also. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. So, how is God's name kept holy? It's kept holy in itself, but we pray in this petition that it may be kept holy among us, uh, especially when his word is taught in uh, truth and purity. Uh, Pastor, what does this mean for us? Uh, yes, God's name is holy. Um, how is it kept holy among us? Well, one of uh, one of my colleagues, a veteran pastor, um, had uh, had put it this way: is when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, you know, we're praying dangerous words hmm. because we're asking God to do something that is um, alien in us. And that you know we're not looking to have God's name kept holy. We're looking to set our set our own names up as holy. Um, so when we're praying that God's name be kept holy, it's actually a, a transformation of how we normally would live. We're praying for God to to be at work transforming our life. That in our thoughts, in our speech, and in, in everything that we're doing, that we're um, living out the first commandment, um, which is which is huge. That that affects every aspect of our life. And so going back to those three elements that, that we were talking about earlier, the uh, oratio and uh, meditatio and tentatio, mm-hmm. where, does this, where does this all fit in? Well, I mean, those, are, those are tools for, uh, for Christian living. That's, they're integral to um, how we are walking with God. So we go back to God's Word in, uh, in regular studies so that we can hear Him speaking to us, not... Uh, hearing the, you know, the the voice from above, because God has has chosen to constrain Himself to using uh, His Word, and it's spoken through uh, through other Christians, through uh, the Scriptures to speak to us there. But um, to hear His His uh, vision and direction for life and how it's meant to be lived, we uh, engage in prayer to be in that dialogue with Him throughout that living uh, of the Christian life. And as we are tried in the uh, kind of the crucible of life, we mm-hmm. uh, continue to go back to God's word and in uh, in prayer and in contemplating it, in meditating on it, uh, reflecting on it. In this world, I'm just thinking from the the, the faith and family perspective, and, and so many families, and I'm sure the families that you you serve there at St. John's are probably like many other families in that families live. Uh, today, our, our our culture, our society, just it, it just eats up our time. It it finds ways to to uh, 
work into our homes and, and, and consume our time and, and not nearly, well, to me, it seems like, uh, time isn't much spent in, in the word, in prayer, uh, a study of God's word or prayer, uh, in our daily lives. Certainly. Yeah. It's, uh, the world around us, especially in our, our culture in, in modern day America is very much, uh, one that is demanding of time. Um, you have a world of choices before you and, uh, generally people are not going to try to limit your choices. So uh, it's a blessing to be able to do many things, but then it's also the flip side of that is um, we have to be able to say no because things will continue to try to eat up time and uh, dissipate, excuse me, dissipate it all. Um, so part of the, the Christian life is discerning in, in what to say no to, what to say yes to, and um, setting appropriate priorities. Everybody's got the same 24 hours in the day, but... Um, you're going to act on the things that are your priorities. Um, so that's why, as, as Christians, we set time, or we need to set time as a priority, um, or time with God's Word as a priority, so that we, whatever works for you, whether it's having a something on your calendar, your schedule, regular time together as a family, whether it's in the morning or at the dinner table or before bed, just gathering together and, and coming uh, to be God's people uh, in, in hearing His Word. In your article in in the Lutheran Witness, you uh, you likened it to uh, working with a training with a, a personal trainer, cross training. You called it certainly, if yeah, you will. certainly. It's uh, it, it, much like physical exercise. It's it's something which uh, we are not usually going to uh, enjoy doing, at least not thinking about it. Um, but it does make a difference, and over time, you, you, it builds you up. It strengthens you, and. Um, it keeps you from falling back into kind of the natural state of things, which is to be alienated from God, to be um, falling apart spiritually, uh, like like you'd fall apart physically ultimately without uh, uh, keeping on top of that physical fitness. Well, I don't know if you're kind of in the same boat as me, but after uh, the, the birth of our child, our schedules just changed completely. And so <laughs> making it to, uh, you know, keeping my regular workout routine has just kind of gone by the way, it's kind of disappeared. And so when I don't exercise regularly, when I don't have that regular workout schedule, uh, my physical health certainly um, is is less than favorable. You know, I, 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 immune system is down, so I catch whatever cold is going around and things like that. I'm tired and uh, can gain weight easily. So it's just not the ideal physical health when I don't have that regular physical exercise and, 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 and kind of even gotten lazy in terms of diet as well in terms of what I eat and paying attention to the nutritional value of what I eat. Can that be likened to uh, this medita- the meditatio uh, that you were talking about, this cross-training? The uh, Oh, most definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, that, it, from what you're talking about there with the physical fitness, you know, that, aspects, or that affects every aspect of your physical life. It's mm-hmm. not just can you run a quarter mile or something like that, it's, uh, it's going to affect your mindset. It's going to affect um, how alert you feel during the day or um, you know, when, when the hard times come and you need to have physical fitness, you know, how will you fare in those times? The, the spiritual fitness and uh, the tools that God has given us making use of those, that spiritual cross-training uh, works the same way. It will impact uh, all aspects of your life and how you're living, the, the choices that you're making, especially when that uh, struggle, the tentatio, uh, confronts you. Um, you it, it'll it'll play out differently depending on your level of spiritual fitness. Uh, um, so we could be spiritually lazy just as we are physically lazy as well. Certainly, yeah. Spiritual junk food. <laughs> well, there's a lot of spiritual junk foods out there, and, and you know, oftentimes, uh, like with physical junk food. Um, we're not necessarily discerning in, in where it's coming from. And um, it, uh, it might be uh, spiritual, but not coming from God, junk food. So, you, so God gives us good food, but the world is, is out there trying to fill our spiritual diet with so many things that uh, are just taking up space, but not actually giving us anything worthwhile and can actually be harmful. And, and the harmful things we certainly want to avoid, right? We do, we do. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes, though, we kind of think those things are the, the good things or the attractive, shiny things that um, might be good in the moment, but 
uh, have a negative effect in the, the long term. Just like the the snack that looks good, smells good, tastes good, but isn't necessarily good for you. That's, it's a little closer to lunchtime for me, so this is getting a little tough. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's getting close to lunch here, too. When you start your day early, lunch comes early, too, right? Indeed. Well, so we've talked about meditatio a little bit, and going back to tentatio, that struggle, um, we talked about you know the struggle of, of trying to make sure that there is... Uh, that there is regular study of God's Word in our daily lives, that there is prayer in our daily lives. Um, where else does struggle, this tentatio that we were talking about, where else does this occur in our lives? Oh, that's, well, as, as people who would follow Jesus, um, it's every day the choices that are put before us. Uh, in how we use our time, yes, that's one aspect of it, but in terms of our interactions with the people around us, uh, you know, what are, how are we going to treat the people who are um, mean to us, or how are we going to uh, help the people who are in need? Uh, those, all those choices, those things are uh, struggles that we have in life. We we can choose to go uh, one way or another way in these um, these days that God has given us, and um, by no means are those uh, always easy choices. It, certainly. It, what are some of the the things that uh, the the choices that we face the the struggles? I, I was trying to think of um, the what does the word tentatio mean? Doesn't it, it it mean like doesn't it kind of visually indicate back and forth? Yeah, it, 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 we often see that translated in the, as it was translated in the uh, the article was temptation, but uh, really the the struggle is kind of a, a better sense of it, and it is that that going back and forth. If you can imagine like a uh, uh, a tug of war, mm-hmm. uh, where there's all this tension um, on this uh, on this rope, and it's it's being pulled one way and another way. And um, on the one side, we have uh, uh, God's word calling to us, to, you know, pulling that way. And the other side, we have uh, the world, the devil, uh, but also us. We're on that usually on that other side of the rope, the wrong side of the tug of war. Um, that old Adam. The old Adam, mm-hmm. most definitely, persistent. And so we constantly have the struggle back and forth, and and anything related to that old Adam can can be pulling us away, and 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 then certainly God's word can be tugging at us as well. So it could be things that that may seem noble or good that we make into idols. Even in family life, there are things that we can make into. Uh, idols, in a sense, that or that that come from that old Adam, that uh, that that create this this struggle back and forth with the Word of God. Most definitely, and think of an example there. I know a lot of families, even in our uh, congregation, have to struggle with the uh, uh, the choices of um, how time is used and with kids' activities. So uh, out here, there's a lot of demand for um, either sports or extracurricular things with uh, with musical types of things or drama or uh, what have you, and the family has a limited amount of time, particularly if you've got parents who are going to be uh, driving around. Maybe both parents are working, and you know, that's an apt degree of difficulty there. But um, with that, um, the, the family uh, will make choices and set priorities. And um, if one of those things that's out there is saying, okay, you know, it's great for my kid to be able to get uh, sports and uh, through that, they have socialization, they learn teamwork skills, they maybe uh, are helping to, to build a resume for later on in life, whether it be for college or uh, different things on, on that, that end. Um, putting those things as a priority, when they come in conflict with spending time with God, whether it's in worship on the weekend or even just on a, on a regular basis, like maybe not being able to make a confirmation class or uh, not being able to have time as a family coming around God's Word, that's when that thing, which can be good, sports can be a good thing, but when we're putting it ahead of um, time with God, that's when it becomes a, a problem. Absolutely. Well, we need to take a break. When we come back from that break, I want to go back to talking about the the, the topic that we started with, uh, being spiritual but not religious. Uh, and, and I'm curious where tentatio, meditatio, oratio, these... Um, 
where these fit into that way of thinking, uh, being spiritual but not religious, and uh, and the Lord's Prayer as well. We'll continue the conversation on that. We're talking with Pastor Braun Campbell from St. John Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. I hope you can stick around for the rest of the conversation, listeners, and we'll open up the listener lines as well. So if you have a question, you can give us a call, 314-821-0850 or 1-800-730-2727, or you can email us, family at kfuo. Org. We'd be glad to take some questions uh, when we come back for segment two. Stick around for more Faith and Family right here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. When it comes to financial security, there's one name you should know. Thrivent Financial for Lutherans. You have a unique way of looking at the world, so do we. We're a faith-based membership organization that exists to serve our members. Our focus is on helping you be wise with money, live generous lives, and thrive. Work with someone who truly understands what's important to you. To find a Thrivent Financial representative near you, contact 314-783-4200. Registered representatives for securities offered through Thrivent Investment Management Incorporated, member fin- and SIPC. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, Executive Director of Life Issues Institute. Greenpeace has gained a well-deserved radical reputation for their efforts to protect the environment and stop so-called global warming. Part of their message has been to push abortion on demand because they feel humans are a blight on the face of the earth and the trees and animals would be much better off without us messing things up. So it was interesting to read that Patrick Moore, a co-founder of Greenpeace, left the organization because they were more interested in politics than science. Moore recently told members of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee that Greenpeace and others were using faulty computer models and scare tactics to further their claim of making nature more important than mankind. God put us above nature to be good stewards of it. Check out Life Issues on Facebook and stay more informed than you've ever been. When the Apostle Paul forbids women to teach in the church, is he expressing his opinion or exercising his apostolic authority? Friday on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Dr. John Kleinig about women pastors. We'll also discuss mosque architecture with Dr. Alvin Schmidt. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. I'm Missouri State Treasurer Clint Zweifel. My office has more than 100 unclaimed military medals. We'd like to return to the Missouri veterans who have earned them. For a complete list of medals and to see if you have any unclaimed property, visit showmemoney.com. Help us honor our veterans for their sacrifices and help them preserve their family legacies. Go to showmemoney.com. This message brought to you by the Unclaimed Property Division of Missouri State Treasurer, Clint Weifel. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. A federal appeals court decision could leave dozens of religious groups in New York City with no place to celebrate Easter or Passover. Thursday's two-to-one ruling upholding New York's ban on religious services in public schools involves the Bronx household of faith, but Pastor Robert Hall says... There's about 80 other churches in the city, probably more, that are renting schools that are depending on this case. New York City Councilman Fernando Cabrera says the congregation of the Spanish Christian Church that was destroyed in last month's Harlem building explosion now meets in a public school, and he's calling on Mayor Bill de Blasio to lift the ban before some congregations are left with no place to celebrate Easter. Cabrera says some Jewish congregations that meet in public schools also could be driven out before Passover unless the mayor intervenes. Otherwise, Pastor Hall says the legal battle probably isn't over. We assume that there's going to be appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court. 
So our prayer is that they will overturn this decision. I'm Steve Coleman. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Andy Bates, and we are talking with Reverend Bron Campbell. He's associate pastor at St. John Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. We're discussing the Lord's Prayer and, and a number of topics surrounding that today. If you have questions, you can give us a call or an email. The phone number is 314-821-0850 or 1-800-730-2727. 314-821-0850 or one 800 Seven three zero twenty seven twenty seven, or you can email us family at kfuo.org. We'd be glad to take some questions as we're discussing the Lord's Prayer. Now, Pastor, before we went to break, we were talking about these three elements of the Christian life, uh, oratio prayer, meditatio, uh, be, reading God's Word, hearing and, and, and learning God's Word, and then tentatio, this, this struggle, this temptation, this wrestling. And at the beginning of the program, we talked about the, this common phrase that we hear, uh, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Do all three of those phrases, or I mean, all three of those elements fit into that way of thinking? Well, with the spiritual but not religious, it's usually a, uh, an attempt of um, wanting to be a, uh, a part of the larger universe, which is great. That's how we're designed to be, but we're called to to be a part of that universe in a specific way, and that's in God through Christ. Um, so with the spiritual but not religious, it's usually a way of uh, going about life that uh, would free up the person who follows that kind of mindset from having to stick to any one thing. You can kind of pick and choose from the, the buffet of options, if you will, around you. Uh, you don't have to limit yourself. Uh, should you want to live a certain way in this period of time, okay, you can, but you know, should you want to choose and to go a different way later on? Well, that's okay too. That's uh, it's that kind of uh, freedom and self-interest that really is uh, in conflict with that with the uh, the struggle uh, of the world around us. It, rather than uh, being a part of the struggle and engaging with it, uh, it's it's avoidance of that struggle. So avoiding that tentatio, avoiding that struggle is is part of that being spiritual but not religious. What about uh, meditatio, contemplation, reflecting on God's Word? Certainly. Well, with the uh, you know, to take it from the, the worldly view, oftentimes we go from meditatio to just meditation. And med- meditation, uh, for the Christian, is meant to be on God's Word. It's meant to be listening to how He's speaking to us through His Word. But uh, usually in the world around us, meditation can take the forms of... Uh, 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 Seeking to empty yourself, uh, and just emptiness for that emptiness' sake to to cut out the world around you, uh, or to to hear your inner voice, um, and to to follow wherever it's leading you. So just clear your mind of anything. <laughs> certainly, certainly, um, to to be able to either achieve some higher state of enlightenment or uh, uh, distancing from the world. Uh, or to uh, to hear yourself and and what you want to do or where you need to be going and uh, that's again it's going back to that uh, that danger of putting ourselves up as idols putting ourselves in God's place uh, and just following our own desire and this type of this approach to meditation uh, is is socially acceptable and, and permissible in, in in public schools. Uh, we see it happening in, in, in schools where the, the yoga and things like that, where in and of themselves, I, I, I'm not debating the, the issue of yoga or things like that, but mm-hmm. saying that, uh, that this type of meditation, because it's not religious, uh, it's acceptable in, in public school settings and other places, so kids can have time to meditate and and even maybe it might be guided meditation certainly and there's definitely nothing wrong with just having quiet time mm-hmm. um, sometimes we definitely need quiet time in, in the, the loud and busy world that we're in um, but when we're thinking about meditation and, and you know what the aim of it is with um, seeking to um, either hear yourself or just uh, distance yourself from the world God doesn't call us to distance ourselves from the world he calls us to uh, engage with the world and, and to be his people, to be that 
um, light uh, reflecting Christ's light. So that meditation is, is something different. That meditatio, that contemplation of God's Word can be done in a, in a quiet time, in a quiet place, um, but it can also be done as you're driving in your car. Don't shut your eyes as you're driving your car, <laughs> rule of thumb, but you can still be contemplating uh, God's Word. Very good. So even if we have quiet time set aside for meditation or we can do it while we're driving, we can just keep your eyes open. Uh, you can meditate on God's Word. Indeed, indeed. And it, so therefore, it's it's important to either have a means to hear God's Word or have it uh, have it stored up in your heart, to have it committed to memory, uh, to, to learn it by heart, so that you can meditate on it. Certainly. Let's uh, go back to oratio. Where uh, does that fit into this spiritual but not religious? Sure. Uh, well, yeah, as far as uh, the, the prayer aspect of it goes, um, I think people will, will pray to, to different things. Um, so if they're not... Uh, praying to God, and particularly the, the true God as we know Him through Christ, uh, people will kind of send up these uh, prayers or requests to the universe or um, <laughs> even to themselves uh, as seeking to have something outside of themselves. I think being um, consciously constrained to yourself as an individual is, is um, uh, drive you crazy. That's it. We're, we're called. We're, we're made to be uh, people who are uh, communal. We're, we're connected. We're meant to be connected to things outside of ourselves. Um, so the people who would be spiritual uh, but not religious might say, "Well, I can. I my prayer is in nature. I can spend time outside. I am communing with with the world or with um, who knows what all." But they they will find ways to. Um, be outside themselves, mm-hmm. I think, is, is that form of the oratio, the, uh, the prayer there. And, and this is where we hear phrases like, so-and-so is sick, send her your thoughts, your positive energy, and your prayers. I, I think that there's a lot of that going around. Yeah. <laughs> All you have to do is, is open up Facebook. So and so is sick, and so send her your thoughts and prayers and and, and positive energy. What does God? In, where, where do our prayers go? As Christians, our prayers don't go to someone else who is sick. They they may go on behalf of someone else who is sick. But what's the direction of those prayers? Certainly. Well, I mean, going back to the the Lord's Prayer, we have they're going to our our Heavenly Father, who the one who has created us, the one who sustains us, and the one who is able to answer those prayers. So. When we pray for someone who is sick, we're praying to the the God, the only God, who has the ability to actually do something about it. And when we pray, as as Luther and the reformers had had called us, we we are to pray to God in confidence, uh, not timidly. One of the things that is kind of a um, a personal uh, uh, irritation for me, I guess, is a lot of what we hear in in popular Christianity today is, is people praying, God, I just this, or God, just this, and uh, that. And we, we don't pray to God just anything. We're praying to the creator of the universe, hmm. and we're to do so boldly and with the, the confidence that he is our loving Father, that he wants to hear our prayer. He's, he's commanded us to pray, and that he can respond. So we're, when we're praying for someone to be well, you know, pray for someone to be well. Don't uh, don't tiptoe around it. Uh, that's not what God has called you to do. And so, to be clear, we're praying with all boldness and confidence to our Father in heaven. So prayers are going to our Father. So to to paint that picture for others, when we share that in places like on the internet, we're, prayers ascend. Our prayers are going to the Father for you. Uh, we are praying for you, not sending our prayers to you. Certainly, certainly, encouraging people that uh, you know it's not that. I, whom am hundreds of miles away, am thinking about you, but that the God who created you, who sustains you, uh, who's, who's there with you, can do something about this, mm-hmm. and asking him to, to step in. The great physician, the, the healer, is there. Amen. 
in in his word. Mm-hmm. Now I had another really good question. You spurred lots of good questions with that, and I forgot my question. But I will invite the listeners uh, with a few minutes left. If you have questions today, uh, you can give us a call, 314-821-0850 or 1-800-730-2727, or you can email us, family at kfuo.org. We can uh, certainly take a few questions here in the next few minutes. If you have questions about the Lord's Prayer, especially as we're taking a look at the introduction and the, uh, the first petition, where does, going back to the, the struggle, the tentatio, we talked about where that, that happens in our lives, in the lives of the Christian. Where do, what does that have to do with our Heavenly Father and, and keeping His name holy? Hallowed be thy name. How, where does this struggle happen in, in keeping God's name holy? I, I think it happens uh, constantly for us, and that we're always called to put ourselves first um, in, our, in our sinful nature. Um, and we're choosing not to, to have God first. We're, we're choosing not to put his name first. Now, sometimes that's as simple as, as the way that we speak, Mm-hmm. Um, and how we are representing God is we're called to be ambassadors for Christ. And are we living as those ambassadors or are we misrepresenting Christ? Um, so we're, we're failing to keep God's name holy there. We're uh, failing to keep God name, God's name holy when we're living in a way which is um, giving a, a bad witness to Christ, to uh, the God who has created us, redeemed us, and, and shapes us to be his own. Um, as we're thinking back to the oratio tentatio meditatio, that's all um, a shaping thing. Through through these things, God is working on us and, and continuing throughout life to shape us as uh, the people that He continually calls us to be. And when we're um, you know, not not communicating that, or when we're we're giving uh, evidence to say that you know, we're not living as God's people, that's not keeping God's name holy. Being a new dad with a, a young daughter, how do you teach your child uh, about keeping God's name holy? Certainly. Well, uh, yeah. At this at this point, uh, she's only six months old. So, <laughs> uh, I think the main things that she understands is that both her uh, mother and father love her, and that we're there for her, and we we want to spend time with her. We uh, we listen to her, uh, and as she. Uh, Kind of sings uh, it might make sense to her, but maybe not to mu- maybe not so much to us. Uh, but to to support her, to provide for her needs, to be those really the representatives for God to her. Um, we do spend time uh, before she goes to bed each night with a, a Bible story and a devotion. Uh, not that she's again at this point necessarily understands the words, but she knows we're all together and. Uh, it, she she enjoys that, but it's it's be, it's setting that discipline to mm-hmm. look ahead to when she's older, as we gather together as a family to hear God's word, to ask questions about it, to talk about uh, what it means to to be a Lutheran Christian. And and the fact that you've set aside time for that indicates says something about God's word as well. Certainly, uh, yeah. To, that the the fact that there is dedicated time for God's word each night uh, that. To, to hear God's Word and, and to have a, a devotion uh, on God's Word says something about, th- there's something unique about this in comparison to e- everything else that we do in our lives. You know, we have to, uh, we have to eat every day and, and, and we probably, uh, you know, do other things. We get dressed, we shower, we, we brush mm-hmm. our teeth, those types of things as, as she gets older. Uh, but we also have time to hear God's Word and, and, and to, uh, to talk about it and, and to pray with uh with God's word. That that says something about God's word, does it not? Definitely. What where you're choosing to spend your time is um where your um it's indicative of what your priorities are. So by by spending that time on a regular basis, you're saying this is a priority. This is something that uh means something to our family and and to you as as God's child. Amen. So You've taught us quite a bit about prayer today. You've taught us the three, uh, the three elements of prayer. Who taught you about prayer, Pastor Campbell? Certainly. Well, it, it goes back to to my parents and to uh, even back to my grandmother. As as I was very little, we spent time uh, in prayer, learning 
uh, the Lord's Prayer, learning um, different passages of Scripture as I was growing up. Um, so they were the the best influence on me. And then as we uh, came into the the life of the congregation, my pastors, my teachers, I uh, went to Lutheran uh, elementary schools and uh, continued to to be. Um, built up in God's Word and had that reinforced in the, the importance of it in our life together. And thanks be to God for that gift, that that it's so important to have people like that, families uh, and, and others, our churches, to our congregations, our pastors, uh, to teach us this, that we might regard God's Word as holy, that His name is, is kept holy among us, that we learn who our Father in Heaven is uh, by means of uh, of our pastors, our congregations, our families, parents, grandparents, uh, to, to pass this on, uh, to teach God's Word from one generation to the next. Indeed. One of the things we, we say in our congregation here is that the, the home is really that primary place for faith formation. Uh, the church is here to support the family mm-hmm. and to, to lift them up in the roles that God has given them as parents, as, as uh, children, and uh, so that they're continually uh, being built up in God's Word at home. And then that's uh, reinforced here in the, the worship life of the congregation or educational programs. All those things work together to support the family. And why is that? Why have you made that decision or that that clear as a congregation that the home is is where God's word is taught? Well, certainly. Well, that's that's the uh, the vocation that God has given to parents is to raise up their children in the faith. Is that as they are God's representative to mm-hmm. their children, um, they're to to point back to Him to in how they act and how they care for their children. Um, in how they speak, all those things to, to point back to God. And um, that vocation is is huge, and it has a huge impact, uh, uh, immeasurable impact on the life of their children. Absolutely. And that's what that, that's what we talk about here on, on Faith and Family all the time. I mean, the, the, it just keeps coming up over and over again that, that parents are, are the, the institution that God has created. Families are the institution that God has created to, to teach this faith, to, to teach His Word to children, and that congregations, pastors are, are given to, uh, to certainly uh, partner in that and, and support them in that. Certainly. Pastor, other thoughts on the uh, the introduction and the first petition as we're, uh, we've got just a few minutes left here as we, we wind down our time talking about the Lord's Prayer today. Certainly. Well, as with uh, all the, the parts of the Lord's Prayer, they're all going back to the Ten Commandments as well. And if we're looking at uh, the Ten Commandments as God's description of uh, not how to connect with Him, but what it means to, to be the people He has called us to be, the identity He's given us, when we're praying the Lord's Prayer, we're living out that identity. We're, we're reminded that He is our Father, that we're in a conversation with Him, that we're coming before Him as He has called us to, to do. And uh, looking at the first petition, we're keeping His name holy in our lives and the choices that we make and the, um, the ways that we set our priorities ahead of us and, and uh, how we choose to use the gifts He's given to us. And being spiritual and religious. Amen. <laughs> so I, I think what I've learned today is, and it's no surprise that that this phrase "being spiritual but not religious" it, it is is certainly not rooted in the scriptures, and we don't see it anywhere in in God's word, um, because it, it it tends to push us away from, as you said, that tentatio, that struggle that that we need. Uh, that's that's part of the Christian life. That struggle of of wrestling with the old Adam and the new person in Christ daily. Indeed. Well, I think we we've covered the topic as much as we can, and uh, I, I think we I, we don't have any calls today. But I do want to say, you have done a fine job of enlightening me today, Pastor. <laughs> by, by God's grace. <laughs> and hopefully our listeners as well. Today's program is uh, being recorded. It will be posted on our website as well later on today. How are things going with, uh, we checked in uh, a while back with uh, Jennifer Hills. Uh, she's your director of Christian education there. How are things going with Jennifer? She is. She's doing quite well, actually. Um, so things are, are rolling along here for our uh, preparation for vacation Bible school already, starting to think about all that. And 
looking forward to making those connections with our community. I think we've already got 50, uh, 50 registrants. Um, it's only been, I think, registration open for a few weeks now, but uh, uh, she's doing well. We've got uh, our confirmation for our uh, youth coming up on the first Sunday in May, so we're um, wrapping things up with our confirmation class. So. Uh, her life is always an active one. <laughs> Especially with her little ones as well. Indeed. <laughs> Very good. Well, we've been talking with the Reverend Braun Campbell from St. John Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. He's the associate pastor there and a great teacher in God's Word. Pastor Campbell, thanks so much for uh, enlightening us today on the, the Lord's Prayer, the, the introduction, the first petition there, and what it means to be spiritual and religious. Well, I'm glad to have been here with you. Well, I, I hope we can have you back again in the future. Thanks for being our guest, and uh, thanks for writing for uh, writing that article for the Lutheran Witness that, that spurred this great conversation. God's blessings to you and the saints there at St. John Lutheran Church in Alexandria, Virginia. And to you and your people as well. God bless. Thanks. Coming up in a little bit, we've got Moments of Assurance with Mark Hawkinson right here on Listener Support of Worldwide KFUO. Listeners, I hope you can stick around for that great music and uh, inspirational conversation with Pastor Mark Hawkinson. Stick around for more right here on Listener Supported Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.